Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Well, uh, when I text Phil Bennett earlier, just to remind him about the show, yeah, we were going to discuss a lot of things, but obviously the coaching change at Texas A&M. I saw a note from Dan Wetzel from Yahoo Sports. Jimbo Fisher, in the end, was paid $2.7 million per win during his time at Texas A&M. And he's out. Phil Bennett, longtime college football coach, alum, played there, coached there at A&M. We've discussed it many, many times. Phil, if you were asked to be a consultant for this, do you go get the coach that makes everybody who wants to sit out and have a scotch and celebrate a big name? Or do you want a fit? Can they find a fit like they used to have with R.C.? They've got to find substance. They they can't worry about winning the press conference or or yeah what the what the uh, hot wire the the Twitter what everybody's saying social media they've got to find a coach of substance. You know we've gone through twelve years of lack of leadership, and, and I'm not saying that I don't have a thing against uh, Kevin Sumlin. I coached him uh, or or Jimbo Fisher. But we've had 12 years of lack of leadership. And, and, and everybody talks about what A&M can be. Um, I mean, they've got to get this right. And they've got to hire a coach that, that has the substance, the organization, the direction, and can implement a plan to, to you know, Jimbo got everything he wanted. You, you know, Smokey, he, he got everything he wanted, and, and it just didn't work for him for whatever reason. Phil, it seemed that you mentioned that. I was going to ask that question. It seems to me, and A&M's uh, power brokers can be famously, like many power brokers can, be famously meddlesome. But with Jimbo, he got everything he wanted, and the first time they meddled was saying, maybe you bring in Bobby Petrino um, to call them or bring an offensive coordinator. I don't know if they, they necessarily wanted Bobby Petrino, but that's what they got. Um, is it hard for coaches – when they do get all that they want because they were given so much runway to sometimes get out of their own way? There's no question. That's, I mean, you sit there and you watch this team. Uh, of course, COVID uh, probably gave him a couple of extra years, the year they won nine games uh, and went to the Orange Bowl. But, uh, you know, I just think that – and you look at the guys that, that – one of the things that I've said this to all of y'all, Evaluation and recruiting is key. They are not a dominant team. They're not a they're not a team that you'll say, oh boy, they got a lot of NFL guys. They don't. So that tells me the recruiting, the evaluation, I don't care what their classes are ranked by two four seven, by by uh, ESPN, it doesn't matter. The production uh, is about players that, that go and produce and go to the next level. They just haven't had that. So, you know, whoever comes in 
needs to be able to evaluate, run a program, uh, and, and do the things necessary to compete in the SEC. Coach, what's it like this time of year in coaches' offices when you're seeing the, the news headlines coming down and it's that carousel type of a season? Just what's that like from a coach's point of view? Obviously, you're still preparing for games and whatnot, but how do you get or how into the weeds do you get? And, and oftentimes, it could be you yourself that's the focus of some of that talk. Well, just what you're saying. Uh, uh, you're focused. They've got two games, and, and, and they're going to let the powers to be find the coaches. And and they they've got to know that 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 whoever is on their their horizon, they better research it and see, make sure he's a fit. And, and you know there there are such things as fits. Yeah, you know, I've told people there. There's good coaches. I mean, we know some good coaches. I've I've I've, I've talked to a lot of coaches during this, and there's some good coaches in the state of Texas. There might be another RC Slocum. That could that could you know take this program and, and and give it some footing and and some championship. I just hope that they don't. Everybody's you know mentioning Urban Meyer, or, you know, and, and all the all the top people. But but there might be some people that that they really need to talk to to see where they want to go. Would you, uh, if you were A and M, would you contact Jeff Trailer? I would call. I have told everybody I've talked to I absolutely would I absolutely would um, I, I would I would contact Jeff because I think he gets it I've, I've known him forever I played against him I know what kind of coaches he could get a staff together and Jeff is smart enough to know that he might not be able to bring everybody from uh, UTSA but but he gets it and, and um, absolutely I, w- I would think uh and if I have any say in it, they'll, they'll, they'll talk to Jeff Trailer. If you were a school in Texas, if you don't have an opening now, but you might, would you contact Jeff Trailer? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, the job he's done there, like I said, uh, I've known him and I've played against him. Jerry played against him. Uh, he mm-hmm. manages well. His team is disciplined. Uh, they have a purpose. He keeps his finger on them. Uh, all the things that wasn't happening here is happening at UTSA. And, 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 you know, I think there's other people too. I mean, you got to look at a bunch of people. I think sure. the guy at Missouri has done a great job. Mm. Uh, you know, Dan Lanning, I don't know if, he, if they could get him. Uh, everybody mentions him. You know, they have this list of things. But you want somebody that's done it. And, and I'm telling you, and you know this, Smoke, when, when, when Jeff got to UTSA, it was it, it was down, and and he built and they evaluated well, and they are a football team and a program. Coach, uh, I was kind of referring to this earlier too, but what's it like in in let's say the coach's office when you see another school that you're familiar with or might be a rival in conference, they make a move. Like when you guys were at Baylor and you see that that Mac Brown's leaving Texas, just what's kind of the reaction within the coaches' offices, and what do you guys kind of kind of talk about when that new comes news comes across the desk? We are all uh, – we're, we're part of – we're the puppets in the game. And, and, you know, I still remember, I tell people this, and I'm not an excuse maker, but I dreaded when, when, when they got rid of Mac after we beat them uh, that year, I knew where they were going. And, and I'm telling you, it affected us in that, in that bowl game in Arizona. It was mm-hmm. a nightmare. Yep. 
and and it affected everybody. And and, and you just sit there, there. It it's like something happens in Waco. It it that it resounds all over the country. You know, in, in College Station, there's people saying, "What about this?" What you know, you, you look at people at Missouri, you look at Oregon, you look at UTSA. Everybody's going, "What's going to happen?" You know, it becomes it, it, it becomes like a volcano shaking everything. Phil, uh, one of the names that I know this is like it would be out of nowhere, not really out of nowhere, but like a really, really, you know, long pass to complete if they wanted to. But Dan Campbell is the coach of the Detroit Lions. He bleeds as much maroon as anybody on planet Earth. Uh, Aaron Glenn's his defensive coordinator, for crying out loud. I know that you are familiar with those two guys. Um, yeah. I don't think it would happen because he's done a great job there, but do you think Dan Campbell would be a good – because college and NFL is a different thing. Would he be a good college coach? Dan is one of the best, toughest persons. I've ever been around. I mean, I, I, he was here with me. I loved him. Uh, you know, we signed Aaron Glenn to Purdue. I helped him come to A&M. I love those guys. I'm just not sure right now that that they understand. The college game is different. And they are doing such a bang-up job where they're at, and they've been there the last 20 years. I'm just not sure. Not, not that they couldn't do it. I'm just not sure that the switch – would would be an easy one. That that's my thinking. Well, hell, he's got a hell of a team right now. Yeah, in Detroit. Detroit. going to Detroit. I mean, yeah. Maybe the yeah, best he thing might ever. Be in the, he, he might be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and 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 um, here I laugh. He might be the one guy in the, in the NFL. Maybe maybe Brable, but he could probably whoop any any player on the team. <laughs> Good chance. Yeah. <laughs> oh my lord, Bill Bennett. Texas A&M alum, former player, former assistant coach, uh, lives there. And, uh, of course, with us on Mondays on 365 Sports. Phil, what would you – Mississippi State is open. Zach Arnett, uh, really good defensive coach and was a guy who was up and coming. That was a strange situation for him to try to maintain what Coach Leach was doing and kind of keep that band together because Mike Leach was so unique and it, it's hard to just step into his shoes after suddenly losing him like that. I'm sure one day he's going to be a head coach again and he'll be a defensive coordinator wherever he wants to pretty much as soon as that, that offer comes for him. What do you think Mississippi State does or where, where, where should they go and look? Because they're in that, that kind of middle of the pack to the bottom of the SEC and need somebody to help them break through. I think that that he did a, a a great job of holding together last year with Mike's situation, and you know as sad as everything was, I, I think he probably deserved the job. I heard today that it was almost a make good contract. Now I don't I don't know the extent of it. I know that they hired a new athletic director during this tenure. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of that. So he looked at it. And it really was just a bad timing thing for him. And that's what coaching is. I mean, either you hit it at the right time or you don't. And I think it's all the things that you said. He is a good defensive coach. I think he'll have no problem getting a job. I think the athletic director, uh, Selman, saw that I need to make the switch to my guy. And he took this opportunity because I think the payout is, is, you know, compared, obviously, 
compared to Jimbo's is, is next to nothing. So uh, that's the that's the way of, of the world right now. With its NIL, I mean, every coach out there is on a short leash. And if you don't believe it, just look what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Bill Bennett with us on 365 Sports. Craig? Coach, uh, TCU gave Texas a little bit of a run there late. Couldn't quite pull off the upset, however. Texas did also lose Jonathan Brooks, their, their running back for the year. Um, your thoughts on, on just that contest and, and Texas in the driver's seat right now as far as controlling their own destiny? Except for the playoffs, things would have to break. But if they went out, they'd have a good shot at that. But what would you think of that game, TCU and Texas? It was an interesting game. You sat there and you kept watching. I had not watched uh, TCU's quarterback as much as I did in this game. I watched the whole game. He got better and better and confident. Uh, and and I, I'm just telling you, they're gonna, that's going to hurt Texas not having Brooks. Baxter's a good player, uh, and they do have some other backs. And, and I know this. Uh, Ewing probably can play better than he played after being out for three weeks. But I think TCU showed a lot of toughness and character. You know, it's, it's, think about their season. After last year, lost a lot of people, won a lot of close games. It's just not happening for them right now. And that was a game that with just a couple of breaks, they could have won that game. And uh, it, it's just not happening for them. And, and then now, you know, they've got their, their arch rival in the, at the, at the Baptist. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, Phil, the um, this, the thing you brought up about that game in the Fiesta Bowl out in Arizona, Art's name was all over the place. The Statesman sent a reporter, Brian Davis, to cover Baylor practice and also the uh, the game itself. He even told us that. Craig asked Art after practice one day about the you know the speculation, and of course he, he kind of blew that off. He goes, you can't believe everything you hear. So it was bad, huh? Wasn't it? Was that, it died. we were out in the lobby doing our show at the team hotel, and every time someone walked up to us, they asked us about what we knew. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I can say it now. I mean, it was Art and I met uh, on a. We had villas out there, and he called me, and I went over. I never asked questions because I, I I know too many people, and he asked, called me. He said, "Listen," he said, uh, "I forget the guy's name." He was just. The, the AD wasn't there long. He was coming out there, and, and, and I feel bad now. I said, I don't take it. Don't take it. <laughs> well, little, little did we know, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you pissed off the whole nation down there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, you, you know, and that was – and I'm not – I'm definitely not speaking for Art, but I do know at one time, just like a lot of people, that was his dream job because it's got, it's got so many avenues – you know, to success and, uh, and, and, but at the same time, I know, Hey, Art was offered the tech job when Tuberville left. I got a, a call at 6 a.m. in the morning. And, and, uh, and I told him, I said, we got a better job. We got a better job. It's, you know, we're, we're getting it done here and, and they're working with us. And, uh, so he, he definitely had opportunities and, and w- w- what, and I'm not an excuse maker. I mean, UCF played good, but, but our kids were hearing too much. I mean, you're right. It was everywhere. And they're asking me, y'all going to be here? You're going to be, you know, and it just wasn't our normal situation. Why had players asking me what yeah, we were hearing? Because yeah, yeah. we were in the same hotel as you guys. Oh, I know. It yeah. Was, yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. right there in Scottsdale. It was, uh, it was rampant. And, you know, keeping them, when you're at a bowl game, 
a coach's worst nightmare is keeping them corralled. I remember the night before the game, uh, the security come got me uh, and really one of our young coaches. And, hell, I was up. You know, I, of course, it was a night game, but I was up, and I had to go raise hell with the players because, you know, they were just – you sort of – you lose your, your, your bearing about what you're there for. Well, and, and then also, that was the first Big 12 championship. Because yeah. then it was Michigan State, which, of course, the end of that game was uh, gut-wrenching for anyone associated right, with Baylor. Yeah. yeah. But that was the first championship. Did, did there is there a chance you can almost celebrate that a little bit too much? Well, it, I, I, maybe. Uh, and like I said, I, I, I sure don't want to take anything away sure. from UCF. They did a nice job. And I, I just did not feel comfortable the whole week. And I can tell you that. My wife can tell you. She goes, "What's the matter? We're going to beat them." I said, uh, "You know." I said, "We're we're we were too lo- too many things going on, and and, and you're, maybe you're right because we hadn't been on that stage before. Uh, maybe maybe that was the issue. You know, we went to the year before. We went to San Diego, and hell, nobody gave us a cut dog's chance. Yep. And we literally we literally whacked UCLA. So uh, maybe it was just the environment. And like I said, those things happen, and they affect so many people. You know, I was just on the phone with K.J. Morton. He called me. He's living in Columbus, Ohio. He brought it up. He's a coach. You remember the tackle? I mean, I don't know if you Mm -hmm. remember the game, but they threw – they scored 21 points on balls thrown behind the line of scrimmage on missed tackle. I mean, it's the damnedest thing I've ever been a part of. They didn't even throw the ball downfield. It was zero yardage, and KJ uh, and we had three interferences on third down that were horrific. We had a um, a ACC crew, same crew that we had in in North Carolina game. I mean, it was terrible, and we just couldn't get it going. So, uh, what kind of job would you say that? And, and obviously, Alabama still has games to play, but from where they were following the loss to Texas to who they are now, and unfortunately for everybody in the SEC, there's this team called Georgia, but they're going to play Georgia. They still have two more games to go. What kind of job for a guy that's known as maybe the GOAT uh, has Nick Saban done from a guy from you who's coached the game as long as you have? You know, that's that's why he's Nick Saban. Uh, you know, his preparation for him and his coaches is second to none. He covers all bases. He develops. He evaluates. Um, you know, I think I told you this. A friend of mine coaches there well, and he told me that even though Nick's not an offensive coach, he sat around with his quarterback after the South Florida game. He said, listen, I know you're getting the feel for this. He goes, I know you have a system, but this is what we can do with this Milrose. This is what he can do and be good at. And I'm telling you, they have they have mastered it. And Kevin Steele has done a phenomenal job defensively. They've gotten better. They, they have a feel for it. I mean, they literally swarmed Kentucky last week. Uh, and, and on offense, all they've done is said, okay, this is where – you know, their line wasn't even very good. And all of a sudden now, their line's clicking. Uh, and, and it's because of Nick. Nick covers all avenues. He, he is thorough, he, and he is the GOAT because 
he makes it important. He doesn't want. He doesn't uh, tell you lies and feed you candy. He tells you the truth. He said, "If we're going to win, this is what we got to do," and they're doing it. All right, you mentioned the week in in Phoenix. I got a question. Baylor has two games left. They're not going to a bowl game. They're three and seven. It was just a boat race, which was expected in Manhattan. We know that you know the storm. Even David Rand has admitted around his name. How hard is it when you may know the the end game here, although we don't, to keep that team completely focused and or they're also asking the same questions. They hear the same things about Dave and maybe the future at Baylor. It, it, it's hard. Uh, I mean, there's no getting around it. Uh, you know, you're dealing with uncertainties and you're dealing with feelings. You're dealing with, with, with this. It's hard. It's hard for, for the coaches. It's hard for their families. It's hard for the players. Uh, this is where, uh, you know, you have to really – I've been through it. You, you've got to be above and beyond. Uh, it, it can't be about you. It can't be – it's got to be about us and the pride of, of, of finishing. You know, I, I, I remember Jim Grove and I talked when we went to the bowl game uh, when we played Boise in that bowl game. And we had sort of had that stretch in there with – when, when we didn't have quarterbacks and we had lost a heartbreaking game to uh, West Virginia, and, and he asked me, he said, Phil, do you think these kids want to play in the bowl game? And I said, absolutely. I said, it's our job, and I mean this, it's our job to make sure that we make this a big game. That's part of coaching. And, and if I go out there and I go through the motions and I'm half-assed coaching, I mean, then we get what we deserve. But if you're coaching your ass off and you're, you're, you're coaching like this game means something, and I'm telling you, that's one of the funnest games I think we, we I had at Baylor when we beat Boise because they thought we were just going to go out there, lay it down, and, and get our ass kicked. And, and they had ripping. They had a good team. And, and, and Jim did a great job uh, of making that game, we all did, of being important. And that's where they're at right now. These next two games, hey, it's about us. You know, people will remember, finish it right. You know, don't go through the motion. And, and I know Dave, I know that coaching staff, I know they will do that. Thank you, man. Appreciate you as always, Coach. Thanks for your time. Thank as, you, guys. That's Phil Bennett. Right. His thoughts mainly or early on about Texas A&M and then also the other coaching changes and also the speculation elsewhere. I wanted to ask him about Jaden Daniels and how he would try to defend him besides using a big, large cage. But uh, we'll do that maybe with him next week. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.